Hello, this is C. Montgomery Burns here on behalf of the Canned Air Podcast to record a custom radio advertisement set to air following the Amos and Andy show. Ah, uh, sir. Amos and Andy have been off the air for over 50 years. I see. Well, then what's this Canned Air show even about? Comics and pop culture, sir. Comics, eh? Well, I've read my fair share of Mutt and Jeff. Actually, sir, they focus on more current independent and mainstream topics. On CannedAirPodcast.com, you can watch movie trailers, check out past episodes, and even buy comics, movies, and video games. I see. And where might one find this CannedAirPodcast.com? Ah, on the internet, sir. Very well, Smithers. Take me to this internet. Well, it's not a place, sir. It's on a computer. Now, why is eh? Smithers, release the hounds! Uh, go to CannedAirPodcast.com. Best website ever! You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Cowie. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today, we have Cortland Ellis of the book Stab Gunner. Thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, we got a good show today. We're going to be talking about what's in store for the X-Men universe. We're going to be talking about uh, how Total Recall is seems to be coming to life a little bit, right? Yep. <laughs> And after all that, we're going to talk with Cortland about his Kickstarter project for Stab Gunner. But before we do all that, let's get to recaps. Recaps! This week on the recap board, you didn't have anything, did you, Jack, for recaps? Uh, not really, other than a couple of TV shows that are starting this week. Oh, yeah. Actually, starting tonight, tonight. Yep. Monday the 22nd, which will have already aired. But Yeah. Gotham. Gotham, yes. You a fan of uh, Batman, Cortland? Yeah. Um, I actually don't read any of the comics, but I like the character a lot. You know, that's funny. I'm the exact same yeah. way. When it comes to the comics, it's hard <laughs> to find one of those variations to really get into. I had actually planned on reading the uh, Batman Eternal uh, series, but I haven't gotten to it yet. I'll probably wait until it's all done if it's not already. Now, I was told that's the one to get in on. After, what was the one where the Joker's face was pulled off? Death, Death, and, Death of the Family. I think. Yes, I wanted to read that. Then that was the like go-to story at, when it was running. But I think now I heard Eternal is the one you want to be reading. I almost bought that this weekend. Did you? Yeah. Agents of Shield starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at nine o'clock. Yes, yes, I'm excited. Did you watch that show at all, Cortland? I watched the episode that came out after Captain America. There we go. Because it tied in. <laughs> I love that. I wasn't big on the Thor tie-in, but no. after Captain America, yeah, that's when the shit hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the only recaps I have this week are both uh, X-Men related. First being Wolverine 3 is on the horizon, and uh, looks like they do have a date slated for it, March 3rd, 2017. Uh, Hugh Jackman hasn't officially signed on, but he has expressed much interest in the project and says that after that movie, he'll be done with the character. Oh. Yeah. Are you sad, Jeff? I'm sad because Hugh Jackman's going to be gone. Not the stories. Not the stories? <laughs> they'll still make X-Men movies after he's gone. They just, they'll either recast Wolverine or make the story without him. Maybe they'll kill him like they did in the books now. I doubt it. 
Probably not, but yeah, yeah I mean, that'd be a good uh, route to take. They haven't but... killed him yet. No, he's on the way to being dead, though. Yeah, he's almost there. Yeah. All right, and the other thing I have is uh, the X-Men Days of Future Past. DVD, Blu-ray, and digital download have release dates. September 23rd for the digital download, and for the DVD and Blu-ray, October 14th. And... It said there's supposed to be a special edition released in 2015, so I'm assuming this is going to be the version where we get the Anna Paquin cutscenes and maybe an alternate ending. I think they said is going to be in there. Hmm. So I was going to ask if there's any special special things on it. Uh, well, we uh, talked about that a couple episodes ago. It was the whole kitchen scene with Quicksilver. They're going to oh, dissect that's right. that. Yeah. yeah and then there was the it. like the Magneto on Magneto or. What was it? Where they compare the older and the younger <laughs> generation? <sounds> dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have on those two things. Just more mentions than recaps. But you guys have anything else? Uh, later on for X-Men. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it! All right. With that, let's jump into the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Jack, I have something here that says Aquaman. Uh, yeah, he was actually in Man of Steel. All right. Nobody saw him, but he was there. Is that right? Yeah, back when uh, Clark was on the oil rig and he saved all those guys. He looked yeah. all Wolverine-y because he was yeah. all furry. Well, when he... <laughs> furry. Yeah. <laughs> when he fell in the water, it was unconscious, and then two whales end up grabbing him and bringing him up to up to the surface. Okay. Apparently, Aquaman commanded those whales to save him. <laughs> Go get him, guys. <laughs> All you hear is... <laughs> no. I really don't remember it. I don't re- Yeah, I don't re- much remember the whale part, but uh, I just, you know, would chop it up on whales' good nature. I mean, aren't whales and dolphins supposed to be like that with or without Aquaman? I know some guy recently had a... His boat sank or something like that, and pretty much all that kept him alive was a dolphin that was hanging around. Really? Yeah. So, why not a whale? No uh, no scene establishing this connection has been released, but Zack Snyder apparently says that the link will be confirmed in Batman v Superman. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, it'll be just like we talked about before. Aquaman will come over. Yeah. I saved you! <laughs> and then he'll turn around and they'll be like, who was that? Oh, poor Aquaman. <laughs> you a fan of Aquaman, Cortland? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think he has to be boring, but I, I mean, I'm always open. I it's, try to be. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Yeah, I can't get into Aquaman. <laughs> it's hard to relate to. Anyway. Unless you like swimming. I, well, that's just, I love swimming. Well, yeah. I, I'd live in the swimming pool if I could, but um, yeah, that doesn't make me an Aquaman fan. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that? No, that's it. All right. Uh, you also have something on Channing Tatum? X-Men Age of Apocalypse. Apparently they're going to bring back a lot of the old cast. Magneto, Professor X, Beast, and um, what's her name? Mystique. Oh, what's her name? But uh, I guess they're gonna. They're more than likely they're gonna recast in uh, Jean Grey, Storm, and Cyclops, just because it's earlier, fifteen years earlier than the first X Men movie, which makes sense. It's rumored that uh, Channing Tatum will show up as Gambit. I feel like <laughs> this actually came up before, didn't it? Just that it was confirmed that he was gonna be in Gambit, not if it was gonna oh, be an X Men or a standalone. That's right. Okay. What's wrong, Jeff? <laughs> You're just shaking your head, silent. What's what's wrong? 
I don't know. It's just hard to picture it. I think he'd be good. No. Why not? He said he could do it for real. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to argue with that. He took a selfie with it, too. (laughs) I'm cereal. Well, I'm sold. I'm cereal. (laughs) Super cereal, guys. I could do it. (laughs) Oh, Lord. You just, I just think you have a constant hatred for X Men. You're not willing to give anything new a chance. He likes the books, but hates the movies. Yeah, with the movies, the X Men movies. <laughs> well, I mean, Gambit was one of my favorite characters back when I was younger. I actually had a whole, I mean, series when they actually just had Gambit. I would feel you would be so excited to see another version of Gambit after Origins. Shannon Tatum. What's wrong with Channing Tatum? <laughs> I just, when you look at him, I was, he just doesn't look like he's Gambit. Magic well, Mike. That's what makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, so you think if he didn't have Magic Mike on his uh, on his Wikipedia page, that it'd be more acceptable? No, what I'm saying is like the face that he makes makes it not worth watching for Gambit. The face that he makes? Yeah. Which one? I don't, it kind of looks like a squished baby doll's face. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> oh, he looks like a Ken doll. I don't know how to explain it, really. I guess it's true. I, I kind of can't imagine his voice as Gambit's voice. Really? Thank you. Thank you. See? So it's two <laughs> on two here. He proved himself. Yeah. I'm willing to give him a chance after X-Men Origins. That Gambit was not good. Not that it was that guy's fault. I just think it was written badly. Yeah. I don't know. After seeing... What was it? What did I see him in? 21 Jump Street. There was something else mm-hmm. I watched him in. I don't remember what it was. But he was really good. I think he could do it. I think he'd probably do Colossus. I could Ooh, see like, uh, Oh yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> he has the look. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little bit better fit. This picture is a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jack's holding up a picture of Magic Mike next to Gambit for comparison. Uh, it's uncanny. Again, you're going off the stripper outfit. <laughs> That's the first thing that was pulled up. Look at know. look at Gambit, how ripped he is. Yeah. Magic Mike has a tie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess we'll all just have to agree to disagree here. Mm. We'll save this this uh, picture to put on the website. Jeff and Cortland, I think you both will be pleasantly surprised by what you see. I could be wrong, and I'll eat my words I if so. I am. Oh, well. <laughs> all right. so bad. Hey, that one, he's even got the hair going. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I guess Wolverine is going to be in Age of Apocalypse with Hugh Jackman, but I don't know how that's going to work because. Wait, well, what? Yeah. No, he is going to be in Apocalypse. How? He's old. They're going to see the young cast, and then when they met him the first time in the first movie, it's not going to coincide with this one. Wolverine's always been old. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you have Hollywood effects and like makeup and whatnot. I mean, think of uh, what was it? Last Stand, X Men Last Stand. Very opening scene when Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are going to see Jean Grey as a child at her home. When Patrick Stewart gets out of the car, man, he looks young. Yeah, they I mean, did. they made the yeah. ears melt off that dude's face. Well, so did Ian McKellen. He looked a lot younger, too. And he's even older looking than Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. Stewart. But it, it was so much more noticeable on Patrick Stewart for me. Mm-hmm. They could do it. And besides that, in, uh, in Days of Future Past, they made Hugh Jackman look a lot older than he actually is, too, for the part. Well, that's true, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's coming out, what, next year? Or is that 2016? 2016, probably in May. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll do it for the rumor mill. The rumors! Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. The rumor.
Yes. All right. So uh, before we jump into our uh, comic conversation, we were lucky enough this past Saturday, the 20th of September, to be invited down to the Cincinnati Comic Expo. And we got fancy schmancy press passes that got us and all through the all the nooks and crannies that other people can't go. It was yep. a lot of fun. We got to feel like rock stars for a little bit. But um, yeah, we had a hell of a good time. So many cosplayers were out there. A lot uh, of good ones. Many good ones. Not, yeah. The bad ones were supposed to be bad. I think. <laughs> I saw a Batman <laughs> whose head was painted on a cardboard box just yeah. over his head. <laughs> that was funny. But uh, the Dr. Zaius was amazing. Didn't you say you saw an alien? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from the movie Aliens. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have caught that. looked real. Favorite parts of the con, guys? I don't know, all of it. Talking to, talking to all the artists, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the artists were the really cool to talk to. I mean, just get, uh, just get something new in your hand other than what's already out there and what we've been reading. Actually, the donut sandwich was the best. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Tom and Chi, the, uh, what's their claim to fame? They were on Shark Tank, and they had a restaurant with, like, uh, like grilled cheese and... Some kind of, yeah, New Deal grilled cheese and soup. Right, and they had a they had a booth set up there with this, uh, what were Weapon they calling X. it? Weapon X. The, yeah, the Weapon X. The Weapon X, which was a glazed donut cut in half, and you have to help me. We had... Marsipone... Marspone cheese, uh, bacon, bacon, and potato chips. Potato chips. <laughs> Barbecue potato chips. Sandwiched in a grilled glazed donut. And the cheese had, what, uh, maple syrup in it, too? Yeah. yeah. My wow. teeth were, like, begging to jump out of my head. It was so fucking rich. It was very sweet. <laughs> Instant sugar headache. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to be experiencing right now? I, I got bacon and uh, glazed donut in my mouth at the same time. I like all, well, I don't know about the cheese, but I like all those parts, but not together like that yeah I like everything yeah it's uh, like everything breakfast there is... snack meat I don't know <laughs> so we're gonna try out the restaurant when they open in Columbus here but uh, yeah as far as that little donut thing went it wasn't the most pleasurable no. <laughs> experience but hey we tried it yeah um, it was just awesome I, it's always sensory overload going to Comic Con that like first hour in there because everywhere you look there's like 10 things that you just don't want to stop looking at but what a lap it I don't know how many times to sit there and look and see it. do I want that <laughs> we were do just, I want that we were do just a that? bunch of fingers pointing the whole time like oh look oh, oh shit look, look. <laughs> but it was an awesome time and uh, one thing we got to sit on too was the Henry Winkler panel that was a lot of fun uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say I really enjoyed listen to that i was super excited i got to meet julie newmar Catwoman, and get a few pictures and autograph with her the original Catwoman. the original yeah the very first yeah. Catwoman. you got some well you both got some uh customized artwork right i didn't get any customized well it is it, he didn't do it there but it was his prints oh that's right of some good yeah flash reverse flash and uh shazam yeah those look sweet what about you jeff um, it was an artist that I seen years ago on DeviantArt. I finally got to meet her in person. I, I still don't know how to say her name, but it's N-E-N or Nin, I think it is. You would pronounce that Nen. Nin? <laughs> I don't know. Ned? <laughs> my Little Pony Girl? No, no, that's that's for my wife. It was, uh, I can't remember her name. You watch My Little Pony. Every day. He's a brony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I'm actually not, I'm avoiding that show. I get addicted to things very easily. <laughs> You you are afraid you will get addicted to it? I am afraid I will get addicted oh, to Jeffrey. it. Oh, Jeffrey. I am scared. <laughs> I just want to tossle your hair sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, look at what happened with uh, Powerpuff Girls. I got addicted to that. That was hilarious. Uh, I can't share your love there. I, I was never a uh, PPG fan. <laughs> so I got to watch it, man. Get yeah. to one episode. I'm just going to take your word for it, just Jeffrey. <laughs> you know, I was going to get uh, an autograph for the Black Ranger, but every time I went by, I did not see him there. He was spotty in and out of there, yeah. And I, I kept hearing like he his name over the intercom, something. but every time I walked by, I'd see... He put the uh, suit on. Nuh-uh. Yeah, that's what they were talking about. He's walking around. You're just making shit up again now, aren't you? <laughs> no. no, remember like when you guys, I, I kind of strayed away from you guys? Yeah. Yeah, he put the suit on. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> he was actually there with the suit, and the helmet was bigger than the suit. You had a camera in your hand, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it ready because my hands were full. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a backpack. <laughs> that was very hard to get into for some reason. It was so crowded. Yeah, it was. That's probably my It was very downside. crowded. I mean, we went Saturday midday, so what do you expect? But, um, yeah, it was a hell of a good time. Who else was there? The Green Rangers, uh, Tom, or Jason, Jason David, David Frank, Frank. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno, the three Boba Fetts were there. The Eighth Doctor. The Eighth Doctor. Woo. Yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff Lord there. of the Rings, a guy from Lord of the Rings. I didn't see him. I saw him real quick. Did you? Yeah. I didn't see Julie. I didn't see her there the whole time. Yeah. What's her name from uh, uh, Firefly? Some uh, lady and a guy was there. That was that? I wouldn't yeah. know her if I saw her. She could be selling me something. I wouldn't know. She's I'd... hot. She's so hot. You're a hot girl. You must be from that show. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, yeah, we had a hell of a good time, and uh, Brooke Johnson, my gal, went along with us, and she took so many great pictures that we are now compiling into a comic book. So we're going to have that on our website, uh, I'd say probably in about a week, maybe. It'll be a whole comic yeah. comic expo page, basically. Yeah, it's going to be a... But, oh, you're saying on the website? Yeah, yeah, the website will have it. Okay, cool. And then on there, we'll have the, the PDF for the comic book. Yep. Sweet. So, yeah, you can download it, print it if you feel so inclined, but uh, at least check it out, see what we got to see. All right. You guys want to talk some comics? Sure. And now, Comic Talk with Canned Air. All right. Who wants to go first this week? Okay, Cricket, you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll kick it off here. <clears throat> uh, at the expo, we got to catch up with David Brown, uh, Fifth Dimension Comics and creator of Obscura. We had talked about Obscura. How many episodes ago was that? Oh, I don't know. It was six well, or eight. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Obscura was a book of... It was kind of like like Tales of the Crypt or something. You mm -hmm. have a host who introduces you, or excuse me, who uh, welcomes you in the beginning, tells you the three stories that you're going to be reading on and then you you know read through the stories uh really enjoyed the first one so when we met up with him at the expo i had to pick up volume two and it was a good read i was so glad that he had when i found out volume two was going to be there i got excited yeah i was like yes i'm gonna go get it i love the cover too is the uh the creepy guy under the cover again he is he is sweet. he's right there <laughs> and he was uh, also nice enough to sign this comic book for me too this and volume one but there are three stories, uh, Patient Clem, The Gifted, and Automations. And um, I don't want to go too in detail about what they are. I don't want to ruin them. But the first one is really good about... Ah, see, now I want to sit here and just tell you all about it. I'll give a little bit of detail. Okay. <laughs> the first story was about... Uh, which one was that? Patient Clem, a little girl who drowns in a river 
and then uh, her body ends up floating away. Oh, and, you told me about it. Ugh. Yes, and a uh, another little girl who's looking for a friend <laughs> finds the body, and that's one I'm, plus one equals two. Yeah, so that's all I'll say about that one. The second story, <laughs> it's twisted, isn't it? <laughs> the second story, gifted. This one was uh, very interesting, and I'm just going to give you a couple words here. Giant lizard in the city being fought off by a giant baby. Baby. Yes. <laughs> a baby. Yeah, it was really cool. And then at the end, Automations is a uh, it's more serious tone, just talks about uh, us as humans, where we're going. It was a very good book. I totally advise checking it out. And actually, we can probably throw it on... On our website, right? I don't know if he has it to sell through Amazon or not. Oh, he doesn't? I don't think issue one is. Okay. Well, we'll make a link or something available for you guys to check it out or head over to Fifth Dimension Comics and look at it. I strongly recommend it. Who's next? I'll go next. All right. Mine is kind of hard to explain because I bought, well... I bought uh, was it Volume Three? It's an image comic called The Mice Templars. Yes. And the I think she was the illustrator mm-hmm. we were talking to. She gave kind of a quick rundown of the story. Basically, I think it's a, a story of rats against mice, and a bunch of like on the rats team is a bunch of like night night animals. Sure. And on the other side is the light animals, but it's a it almost seemed like it was kind of like a Lord of the Rings type story. Just done with, like, mice and rats and stuff. Yep. It also reminded me of uh, The Secret of Nim. if you guys ever see that movie. It was an old 80s movie. Sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Really good movie. But uh, she gave me... I got a volume two. It was recommended. And I it's a couple hundred pages, so I didn't even crack that one open yet. But she also gave me issue number 12 of volume four, which is a huge battle between both of the, the mice and the rats. And the whole book is nothing but, like... She was talking about when they were drawing it, it was like a 26-page spread of a huge, just a huge battle. Wow. So you just see the battle between both armies and the the paladins, not the paladins, the Templars. They end up getting, like, owls on their side to come down oh, and, spook and fight. And the evil, the rat's side gets bats. And they also have druids that are using death magic and they're sacrificing their own team to get more... Uh, more power, more death magic power because it strengthens strengthens sure. them, killing them. It, it looked like it was really good. Awesome. <laughs> the artwork's awesome in it. It's, it's just, fantastic. Yeah. It really is. I can't wait to read. I'm gonna once I, I'll go, I'll go over it again once I finish that book. It's gonna take some time though because right. there's a lot to look at and I think it's a lot to read. The listeners really should have been there just to see our faces because this. What was it? Do you remember her name off the top of your head? Selena. That's Guerrera. Something. Selena yeah, something Guerrera. Guerrera. I think. Let me look inside. Serena. Yeah, Serena Guerrera. Yes, she was telling us about the book and the story and everything as we we're all around her table. We were we were captivated like uh, little four year olds being at story time at the library. Or she something. was very proud of it. Yeah. Well, she should it was, be. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was very good. <laughs> very good. And I want to read that sometime when you're not reading it. It looks really good. You know what threw me off about that book, though, was it looked like it was a kid's book. Mm. It was the Mice Templar. Right. And then you <laughs> see, like, this mouse, and he's holding a little sword. Like, oh, look at that. <laughs> it has and then the when ca- you go into detail, you're like, oh, right. Jesus. 
Well, it has the kind of artwork that you would expect to see, like in uh, like the children's book, like the Velveteen Rabbit or something yeah. like that. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It, the art is fantastic. Yeah, it sure it is. is yeah. A lot of time, a lot of care went into it, and I'm sure the story is just as good. So, reminding me of Lord of the Rings is the first book is like with uh, what the heck was the name Frodo. It's like his whole beginning and how the the adventure is beginning. Oh yeah, and the second book the is story the war. Up. Third book is like them winning or the final wrap up of it. Sure. Even though they're coming out with the fourth issue or the fourth series is coming out like right now. But looks good though. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> Damn trains lap as I know. I, I can't stop hearing the fucking thing. But yeah, Image Comics, The Mice Templars. So check it out. All right. It's now between Cortland and Jeff. Who's it going to be next? I'll do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one. All right, on Jeffrey. <clears throat> I couldn't choose which one I wanted to talk about, so I'm going to talk about the Supreme Blue Rose. Tell us about that book. It's very confusing at first because I'm not <laughs> too sure what's actually going down. I've only bought the first issue. Um, from what I can understand, it's actually taking part of a reporter who takes a job on the side for a very high price and is investigating some kind of mysterious image. Um, she has some type of an ability, from what I can understand, what she talks about is just blurs. And basically, whenever someone notices that she can notice this about them, it's very difficult to talk about on this thing because the way they throw you into it in the very first book, you have no clue what's going on. All you know is like she's a reporter. She's got a cool job or something like this on the side that she has to take care of, and she's investigating it. And then when they come down to towards the middle of the book, you actually see what she can investigate and it's very difficult to see what it is but you can kind of make out it looks like a superhero and in this world it's supposed to be like a world where super superheroes actually do not exist like hmm. here yeah it's like yeah like here <laughs> like basically she's like in the real world <laughs> but she has like this ability to actually see things that some people don't see like noticing like the smallest detail about something or she'll see the face behind the mask kind of thing kind of like grim the tv show yeah yeah, it's just like you could see it. Like you don't like me and you couldn't see this, but she can see it. And she's trying to investigate, and the, she kept having these weird dreams in the very beginning of the book, which is what I don't mind talking about. Where it's talking to her, and she, they're giving you little hints of what's going to happen in the next few pages of this book. And then the last thing that's said to her was like, "Don't trust this certain man," which I will not speak of right now, just because you got to read it. And guess what happens on the next page? And you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing was to me was like when it left off was just seeing the scene of what she's trying to investigate. And you just didn't know what's going on because there's like all this death and destruction around this area that they're talking about. And then it goes into an image and you see, see a superhero. And you're like, what is she doing? What is this really about? Because I don't know what's a dream and what's not real anymore. Mm -hmm. Just the way they explain it. So to me, it's something I want to go pick up and continue so I would have more of a better review later on mm -hmm. about this. But for the first issue, it got me in. Not anything, like Shudder. Not like... <laughs> well, I mean, Shudder, you threw me off with that one. I was like, that sounds bad. But then after hearing what you said about it, I was like, okay, i got to read it now. Usually I'm not straight wrong from picking up any Image Comics yet. That was my small temporary review on issue one. Once I get issue two or three, I'll probably talk to you guys about it more. It looks good. I like the artwork on it. That's what caught me, was that artwork. 
<laughs> Understandably. All right. Well, that left one left, and that would be you, Cortland. <laughs> I'm probably not going to have anything as interesting as you guys had. Um, I'm going to go with the comic that I read most recently, which was uh, a Marvel comic. It was the Edge of Spider-Verse issue two. Oh, I have that oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. We're, we love that. I've got to actually have a big Spider-Verse poster on the wall right now. That's a Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was it? I was waiting for that one. Yeah. It was great. Uh, it was an interesting little twist on Spider-Man where Gwen Stacy becomes Spider-Woman because she's the one who's bit by the spider. But uh, she is bit, she's bitten and she's going out with Peter Parker. But Peter Parker is jealous of her and becomes the uh, lizard or this universe's lizard. And he's no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up uh, dying in a similar fashion to how Gwen Stacy died. And uh, in this universe, uh, Gwen Stacy's father didn't die. And she, he kind of plays the uh, Uncle Ben role. But Uncle really? he had it died. I don't want I don't know if I want to spoil it for you guys. Is that no no because I gotta pick it up this week. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because over the weekend when I was researching for the show, I yeah. kept seeing things for Spider-Verse come up. I was like, son of a bitch, I'm so <laughs> far behind. Yeah, they have the uh they have the noir Spider-Man, which I haven't read yet. I think that was issue one of yeah. the Spider-Man Spider-Verse, but yeah, I was I was really looking forward to the Gwen Stacy one, mostly because her outfit was awesome. But yeah, yeah it, is. it had like a hood, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it was all white and had like purple accents. But uh, it ended up being a really good story too. So Man, now that that was issue two, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's five of them that are going to be in the Edge of Spider-Verse, I think. Yeah. I, I was hoping for more, but... <laughs> well, I mean, there will be the Edge of, and then that'll lead right into actual Spider-Verse, yeah. I believe. But um, I saw some of the, and I don't know if these issues are out yet, but like issue three and four Spider-Man, and uh, just the way they look, and they look very robotic. And the one guy had, instead of like a cloth, just mask pulls over, like his spider helmet... It was it was a helmet, yeah. And he had uh, not only like the big eyes like the regular Spider-Man has, but he had smaller ones that went like yeah. up the back in our like back side of his head. Yeah, that right, that right there. That's this one. That's this supposed week. to be the yeah. That's supposed to be number three, I think. I'm gonna have to stop over there and get those. I forgot all about those. <laughs> I hate me, bro. It's probably gonna be hard to get that Gwen Stacy one too. Oh, I should have put it on my pull list. <laughs> <laughs> I already got it. You got it already? No, it's it's in my pool. Oh, well, aren't you special? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to have to dig for that this weekend. Yeah. No, that wasn't boring at all. That was awesome. <laughs> we were hanging <laughs> on your every word. Heck yeah. It makes me think of, uh, in The Amazing Spider-Man right now, a character by the name of Silk. Silk. Is, yeah. I've been loving the shit out of reading her. She's She's been really cool. Yeah. She ends up going against Spider-Woman, I think. She branches off into Spider-Woman's no, she? story. I think so. One thing I oh, really? in I think it was the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man... The last one or the one before when uh, Peter Parker finds her and says, you know, hey, we got to get you an outfit. And she's like, what for? And she uses her webbing. Her webbing is her outfit. Oh, gosh. And he's been like, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) It has been about two issues since then, but I haven't caught up with them. I saw that. I read that issue. I read all the ones up until that one. It's just been great. A great merger from Superior back into Amazing. Yeah. I'm so behind on all of them. Same here. Yeah, they're they're good. Stay. I, you, I do miss Superior, though. 
He does have that Spider-Verse going on right now. Uh, they're, they're releasing new new issues with Superior with, with uh, basically he's looking for all of the different Spider-Men and women trying to take down uh, whoever the Spider-Hunters, I think. Right, he's jumping between dimensions, taking out the Spider-Man in each dimension. Yeah. It, it looks so freaking good. I, oh, I need to catch up. I've been lazy. Same here. There was uh, issue 33 of Superior Spider-Man just came out recently. No, that's when, uh, from when he blacked out or something in the original run, right? Yeah. yeah. Like what, what actually happened to him. Now, is that the first one to come out of the Age of Spider-Verse? Second, second one. Okay. I've got the first one. I've read it, and it was awesome. I haven't seen the second one yet. Good comic chat, fellas. And with that, let's move right into... Real World Heroes! Jack, who do we have this week? Elaine Johnson, second grade school teacher from Carmichael, California. And what has Elaine Johnson done to deserve a spot on our wall of justice? Back in 2012, she rescued two students from a burning car. Apparently, someone in an SUV hit a speed bump, which was pulling into the school parking lot. And for some reason, it just ignited. No shit. I guess the fuel was just pouring out of it. Gas or flames just spewing out up from the sides and everything. So she was the first one to respond, ran over. Um, four other people ended up helping her. But she was able to save the the guy in the car and two little boy and little girl. That's incredible. And according to the the kids' doctors, if she would have waited thirty more seconds, uh, the students would have had about a three percent chance to live. So I guess it it like went up pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, I see. Wow. I've seen actually a vehicle just ignite out of nowhere. Back when I worked at the record store years ago, that guy pulled in a little S10 pickup truck. Parked it out front, came in and started shopping. <laughs> Next thing you know, out the front of the store is just his truck engulfed in flames. And it just went up like that. Yep. I had a car that caught on fire in the middle of the road one day. Did you? Yeah, I was driving. It was it was hot. It was hot that summer. And for some reason, when I drive my car, you kind of smell gas fumes. Mm-hmm. And I was driving, driving to work. Um, it would overheat if I sat at a red light too long, too. So I was going to work, sitting at a red light temperature gauge is going up and then all of a sudden I heard a couple uh, like a pop and then I thought it was just like steam like my radiator just blew or a hose blew <laughs> my car the car died so I was sitting there got out trying to push it off to the side of the road and the guy that was sitting behind me was like hey there's flames up underneath there meanwhile I'm getting all the smoke in my face and man it was thick and hard it was burning the shit out of my eyes so I ended up standing back and then next thing you know uh, the fire department came up and hosed it down but yeah within a few minutes my whole front windshield was just melted in oh my god yeah it was terrible <laughs> what kind of car was this i can't remember what it was <laughs> it was a little little uh like little small four-door sedan kind of like the old s not escorts but uh cavaliers used to look like little boxy wow. car was it bonneville i'm gonna call a taxi to work tomorrow after all this conversation <laughs> <laughs> it was a real small intersection like in a little old town area and that whole neighborhood was just a big plume of white smoke because of me how scary that would be yeah but after all this nobody was hurt custodian and a couple other people grabbed a couple fire extinguishers were able to put the car out before the fire department got there incredible i'd like to think i could rush up on a uh, burning car to pull out some children but you never know when you're in the moment i mean at the same time like it's going to explode it's going to explode it's going to explode in my just face just like the movies right exactly 
I think that was an act of heroism that not everyone could pull off. So for that, Elaine Johnson, you have found a spot on our wall of justice! In the Hall of Heroes! So thank you for your efforts. Alright. With that, let's move into some stories we have here. Jack, you have something on Deadpool. So after San Diego Comic-Con, not too long after it actually, there was the leaked footage of the Deadpool... Deadpool test footage, pretty much. Right. Uh, Did you yeah. see it? You saw oh, it? that, yeah. And then about a week after it disappeared, like they started pulling it, like a, a good high-def one showed up because the other one was like a screen, a, a, a video of a screen. Something different than what we've already seen? It was the same, but like, you know, at the very end when he's doing the big roll, yeah, the flip, yeah, yeah. and he holds up the piece of paper, and you couldn't see what it was because it was kind of washed out. Well, Deadpool was holding a crayon drawing of him cutting off that dude's head, <laughs> showing him what he's going to do to him. Now, Fox has decide to go ahead with the movie. But it's not going to be that CG trailer thing we saw. This is going to be live action. Is it going to be live action? Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it was going to be all CG because that was. Now, what I read was that they have got Ryan Reynolds to play the role again. As he should. Yeah. He's got a smart mouth. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you ever watch uh, Two Guys... A girl in a pizza place. Oh yeah, that's okay. where I like him from. That's yeah, exactly. He was always a smartass in that too. Holy shit, man! I forgot he was even in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's been a minute ago. Yeah, Halloween episode was my favorite one they did. I never caught. I only caught it every once in a while, but oh, that was, he on, was the best part of the show. That was on like uh, on NBC, like at the same time, like uh, like Friends and Around Seinfeld Friends, were yep. on TV. Yep. Um, all right. But what I ended up finding out that after they made everybody happy that the movie was gonna, going to happen. That they decided to come out and say it was going to be PG-13. Oh. Yeah. How are you going to do oh. that? That's what everyone's pissed about. Well, I see, what I found was they were still up in the air about it. If it was, in fact, going to be a rated R movie, or maybe this part was just rumored. They have, EW has confirmed that Fox has slotted February 12th, 2016 for the movie. I think they were saying doing it outside of the summer blockbuster season would be acceptable to put out a rated R movie. But if they do end up releasing it in the summer, then you will get that two or that PG thirteen rating. But along with that was the whole Fantastic Four pushback, right? Because of Deadpool, and then because of the pushback from Fantastic Four, the Assassin's Creed might not be yet done. Well, see that I, I read different there. I read that the Fantastic <laughs> Four was being pushed back to August to make room for Assassin's Creed in June. I think we're going to have to make these websites fight each other to decide yeah. which ones. Uh, more reputable. At the read or at the put your comments below. <laughs> this is candor. We need clarification. So and so said this. We can't come to an agreement on our end. So uh, settle our debacle. It's for a us. debate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on that? No. It should be good. Hopefully. Well, I found some interesting news actually. This December, the Avengers movie is being put out in a two-part comic book. They're releasing it in comic book form. The whole story. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the movie, the first movie. Oh, the first movie, okay. Yeah, but it's going to be done in two parts. Eh, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any big need to rush out and get it, so... Uh, Hulk treats Loki like a bitch. Yeah, I'd like to see how <laughs> that part's drawn, where he slaps him around a little bit, but we'll see. I might flip through it when it's sitting there on the shelf. I Maybe they'll put a little bit more into it. Yeah, you'd have to, I'd think. Mm-hmm. But. Only off topic, since we're talking... It's Sony, right? We're talking about telling Sony still. No, Fox? we're talking about Avengers. <laughs> was it Sony Comic or Fox that did I can't remember. Fox is Deadpool. That's doing what Deadpool. it was. Sony does Spider-Man. X-Men Marvel does the Avengers. Oh, okay, that's right. 
okay. Was that you? That was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. Where's the sound on this thing? Uh. <laughs> that was hilarious. I thought it was my Jarvis. I did too. <laughs> was what you were saying going anywhere, or was but, that? Yeah, I didn't know if it was noteworthy. I mean, it's an upcoming movie. I guess they leaked out on YouTube. It was for uh, the Popeye CG movie they're making. What? Yeah, like a straight to DVD movie. It sounds like. I don't know. It looks pretty legit. Like they'll actually bring it to theaters. The Son of a bitch! <laughs> I guess it wasn't that important, Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis has something to say. There we go. Let's try that. Ringer is now silent. All right, so did you have anything else on what you were saying? No, I just thought that was very interesting. And I oh, yeah, the pop I think of mis mentioning it earlier. Uh, if you check out the test footage, just, again, it's only test footage, and they'll say it about three or four times in the video that it's just test footage. Um, it does seem pretty legit, pretty pretty good from what I saw. So I always liked the Popeye cartoons growing up. Not yeah. me. No? no? No. Why not? All of. Oh. Yeah, she, she's the same in that CG movie. And wimpy. Yeah. yeah. Gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> nah. Spinach part I didn't mind because I love spinach. Loves I, me spinach. Yeah. I, yeah. Going back to the olive oil thing, I never understood why these two guys were fighting over her. I'm like, you. Why her? I mean, look at her. She she has no boobs. She's like as thin as a rail. She's. Got, ugh. And they can never get that way. the name right. Is it Brutus or Bluto? Bluto. Yes, Bluto. Because I always Brutus. heard Brutus too. I, there was no. no you're right. There was a Brutus, but it looked just like Bluto. Yeah, but I never knew who he was. Who he was fighting against. Sounds like we have another mystery to dig into here, fellas. <laughs> it was a love triangle. I don't know. I know there was a Popeye cartoon that came later, uh, like in the late '80s, early '90s. I don't remember what it was, but uh, I feel like that was Brutus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I don't know enough about Popeye to say one way or the other. So, <laughs> yeah, look for that. <clears throat> Jack, something on Star Trek 3. Yes, it's supposed to start filming next February. Well, February. Really? Yeah. Any uh, insight on what we should expect? The characters are supposed to resemble the original series a lot more in this movie, oh, really? apparently, than the last two. Which I don't know how that can be without being the actual characters from the original series. They'll start modeling their hairstyles more toward it. Maybe uh, Maybe Horror should start looking. wearing it up or something. Yeah. Maybe Scotty will dye his hair brown. <laughs> Being the ginger. Maybe. <laughs> Bones, he, he can't be any closer, I don't think. Uh, Sulu, he's pretty close. Chekhov sounds exactly like him. He's a little bit harder to understand, I guess. Yeah. Those are good movies, though. Yeah. Those are such good movies. I'm sure it'll be good. What did they say about Spock? He'll be in it. For real? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I meant like, you know. Nope, no Spock in this one, Jeff. No, Zachary. Uh, Zachary Kinto? Yeah. Yeah. Just say he'll be in it? Yeah, he should be. It's Spock. Well, he said that the second one was going to be his last one. Hmm. I don't remember where I seen it. For. I think it was a commentary I was watching. You a fan of Star Trek, Cortland? Only Star Trek Voyager, but I am a fan of the movies. I've never seen Voyager. I didn't like that one. I, I don't know. I did like Seven of Nine. See, I, yeah. <laughs> Seven of nine? My, chick. I grew up with my father watching, you know, the old ones, uh, what, Deep Space Nine and uh, the Patrick Stewart one and the uh, 
what was it called? New Generation or something like that? I don't remember. Yeah, Next Generation. Next Generation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't like it. I hated it. But <laughs> for some reason, Voyager just clicked with me. And it, it wasn't that it was that great of a show for me. It's just, it was so much better to me than the old ones that I just watched it. Yeah. I can see that. I definitely prefer the original series over Next Generation. And I, I enjoyed Next Generation. It just seemed like a lot of the adventure was pulled out of it. It just, it was... It was just life. A lot of talking, yeah. Yeah, life uh, with something weird happening every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, you, you lost that uh, adventure. And then Q. Oh, Q. Freaking hated that guy. <laughs> there were so many good characters in Next Generation, though. Uh, Data, Jordy LaForge. Mm-hmm. They, they were just great characters. Worf. Oh, yeah, Worf. The new movie is supposed to take place a few years after Star Trek Into Darkness, and it's supposed to be more about space exploration and meeting aliens. So the whole story of the five-year mission is supposed to take place during that five-year mission. Nice. Oh. Instead of being around Earth all the time. Sure. Crashing Enterprises into oceans and <laughs> whatnot. <laughs> Paramount said that they want to release the the new movie 2016 to go along with the 50th anniversary of the series. I just hope they don't base the movie on one of the old movies. The story like how the last movie was with Khan. Oh, I see. In a way, if you look at parallel universes, something's going to happen the same. They just branch it off, even though it does change a little bit. Butterfly effect. (laughs) Kind of like going back to the Spider-Verse. And then at the end of that one, what uh, Kirk died instead of Spock. Oh, right. So now they'll end up Spoilers. going to save, not save whales in the third movie, maybe. They'll come back to Earth and save... <laughs> dolphins. Yeah, dolphins, sure. <laughs> Sardines. They'll save the rhinos. How about that shit if that's what happens? I'd be kind of pissed. What? If that's what happens, they end up coming back to Earth because an alien that wants to talk to, like, rhinos or something, so they got to <laughs> go back in time. Same and... story, just like a yeah, ridiculous just... animal. <laughs> we have to find a platypus, guys. The dodo bird. <laughs> we got to jump back in time. But that's it about Star Trek. Well, I look forward to that. I enjoy Star Trek. Yeah. What's his name? Plays pretty good, Kirk. Yes, he he does it. Except They all do an exceptional yeah. job. Yeah. Yep. They do really well. And it's not going to be J.J. Abrams. It'll be a different guy this time, too. What? Yeah, J.J. Oh. Yeah, handed it over because he's doing Star Wars. Oh, so this that's confirmed that there won't be any TIE fighters flying around in Star Trek. <laughs> Moving on. Now, this is the last thing before we get to talking with Cortland about Stab Gunner, but... Uh, I, we couldn't turn this down, Jack. You had something on a uh, oh yeah yeah I, I forgot f- on a third booby. <laughs> Can I mention something before we mention something? All right, I was trying to think. I was like, should I even enter this? What stories? I, I couldn't think of. It was a very small clip by Bad Robot. Since we're on the subject of JJ Abrams, okay. Um, he came out with some little short teaser. It's called uh, Junk Heap. I don't know if you've seen it. Huh. It's on YouTube right now. It's basically it shows. Um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. You've seen it? Millennium Falcon? Yeah, it shows yeah. them at the oh, very yes. end. It looked like the Tumblr. Yeah, me. it's supposed to be some Easter egg. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's meant, that was. He meant to do that, I guess. Okay. Because, yeah, the, the music starts out, the Star Wars theme, and as it goes under, you hear the Dark Knight theme. Yeah, yeah. I was so confused. <laughs> I, it took me a while. I had to look to see the comments to see it, because I didn't get that's what it was. Oh, I mean, I, I, I recognize the music, but I'm like, what the hell is that? Of course, I was looking at my phone, so I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. But then you, I saw someone, it's the Tumblr. And I looked, and I'm like, well, son of a bitch, it is. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. 
That was my awkward pause earlier. I was like, I don't know if I should mention it. <laughs> oh, no. Why not? So just before we started recording the show, Misty sent me a text with a giant OMG on it and a link. Uh, apparently, a girl named Jasmine Tredevil down in Florida has spent $20,000 on surgery to enhance her cleavage with the third breast. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> we as mankind are currently on our way to Mars right now, aren't we? Don't we have an expedition on its way there? Or yeah, they're, arriving? they're planning it, yep. She's part of it, I heard. Well, I think we're heading right into Total Recall here. I mean, yep. get her on that ship, take her to Mars, and then all we got to do is get Arnold over there. So I, I've got mixed feelings about this. I mean, the surgery was a success, it would seem, right? It looks to be, yeah. I mean, it's not lopsided. It's not too narrow or anything. I mean, it looks like a legitimate third booby. It looks exactly like, I mean, she doesn't have, she's not bearing anything, but she's got clothes on, but it looks exactly like Total Recall. Exactly like it. Where do you buy bikinis or bras or anything when you're uh, a girl with a third boob? <laughs> she must be a seamstress. <laughs> she must be. <laughs> uh, apparently her dream is to have her own reality TV show on MTV, and she's hoping that this will spark that fire to get it on there. This day and age, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> what was the comment on why she did it in the first place? Yeah, I got the quote right here. Oh, I got it because I wanted to make myself unattractive to men, because I don't want to date anymore. Most guys would think it's weird and gross, but I can still feel pretty, because if I wore makeup and cute clothes, I can still, you know, feel pretty. Was that supposed to make sense, or was that... That's exactly what you... I don't know. Oh, no, I'm saying that... No, no, I'm not saying you didn't make sense. I'm just saying, like, I didn't hear any justification in there. (laughs) Here's my question, because you had said something about how, obviously, there's not going to be a uh, nipple on this thing. Right. Yeah, it said they couldn't make one, so she just had one tattooed. (laughs) So, okay, let's say this girl's out in public, and she decides that she's going to leave her two naturals in and throw the added third out for everyone to see. Is that that public nudity? (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. if she got it from her abdomen, is that where it came from? Yeah, they said they took uh, uh, tissue from her abdomen and put it in with a, a regular breast implant. I, I just don't know. I don't know about this, especially with no nipple on it. <laughs> it's not the same. No, it's not. It's just. It's just a it's like a balloon or something. Yeah, it's just hanging there. It's just. Uh... She'll have to call that android from Jason X. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, she put like a little smiley face on her belly and then just have all three of them out and it had these like eyeballs and you have like a giant nose. <laughs> Ooh, or just have them out. She could call him Cerberus. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> little dog pasties on her. <laughs> oh, uh. shit. Seriously, though, is that public nudity? What do you, do you think that could be? No, 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 it couldn't be. I wouldn't think so, but at the I same time, it's, a lot it's of gonna... People. It would uh, totally confuse people. I mean, if you're driving down the street and you see a girl with her middle boob out, you're probably <laughs> going to wreck your car. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting story. You might have to put that up on the website, yeah, too. Yeah, I will. We're, we're <laughs> heading into the future here. We're getting... Uh... <laughs> wow. It's part of pop culture. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've always thought, you know, anytime Total Recall comes up, the girl with three uh, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> now it's reality. Yeah. Yeah, we got those now. <laughs> it's it be was like a in moment. the future. It was in the future. <laughs> One of those moments for a double rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? Where's the nipple? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> you, you need to tell Misty to keep finding stuff like that. Yeah, send it our way. <laughs> okay. Enough with stories. Let's turn our attention now over to Cortland Ellis about Stab Gunner, the current Kickstarter project. Thanks again for being with us, Cortland. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us uh, about Stab Gunner. What is it? All right. Uh, Stab Gunner is a story of two assassins who strike a deal to go and take out the mayor and crime lord of Scene City. It's very beat-em-up based uh, video game. The story takes place in a video game world. We based it basically off of retro 16-bit uh, beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage and uh, Final Fight and Double Dragon. Oh, Final Fight. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that game. Final Fight was the shit. I think I still have that game. Street Rage is one of my favorites, especially yeah. the second one. I've played that over and over and over. Yeah, that's, Badass games. That's Sorry, I, go ahead. Oh, no, that's the one I played, uh, Streets of Rage. Joe actually took hints. Uh, Joe is my partner, by the way. He's the uh, writer and colorist of the comic. Uh, nice. He took hints from uh, the Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time game. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. So you'll see that the uh, second—I don't know if you guys read the uh, the second issue, but the second issue is called Neon Light Riders, and there was yes. a level inside the Turtles in Time called something similar to that. It was the one where they were on their uh, on the their, bridge. Son yeah. of a yeah. bitch! Yes, yeah, so I can't believe I didn't put that together <laughs> with with like the the jump ramp things. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh. <laughs> How did I not piece that together? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to explode on you. Oh, it's... <laughs> I'll, I'll give you guys the story of how we came up with the story. And it was actually Joe who really came up with the story. But uh, me and Joe uh, went to the same college, but he was uh, about four years ahead of me. So I actually met him for the first time at his senior showcase. About four years went by, he had went on to start his uh, own animation studio called the victory and uh the school would invite him from would invite him to the school uh from time to time to show off what he's done you know and inspire the students so this particular time he came it was about my senior year and uh he was showing off one of his new animated projects and uh my friends had urged me to show him my sketchbook and i didn't want to do it i didn't want to you know, show off, but uh, I ended up doing it because we were in the middle of looking for internships for credit. So I ended up showing him my sketchbook and he liked it. And he invited me to be an intern at his uh, animation studio. So, so So during this time, he told me about an idea that he had for a video game called Stab Gunner, which uh, featured a single character and his name was just the Stab Gunner. But uh, at the time, we didn't really have the resources to make a fighting game, you know. So even though since then, we've actually made two, two uh, Stab Gunner video games for iOS, but they're uh, pinball games. The first one is called Pinball Master, and the second one is called uh, Pinball Shuffle. 
downloading those tonight. <laughs> uh, as time went on, we came up with the idea of making a comic instead and having the comic book set in a video game world. So that's pretty much where Stab Gunner came from. Uh, we, we pretty much got the whole thing planned out, but it's not all written. It's written up to about book four right now, which which is pretty much what we'll be doing if the Kickstarter is successful. Which I think it will be. Cause I think so, yeah, you're about a quarter of the way in there after a week. Yeah. <laughs> And this is just an awesome story. And thanks again for sending us uh, issues one and two, because that was a heck of a good read. Yeah, and that was a lot yeah, of fun. <laughs> I want to go back and read them again. But you, I mean, <clears throat> you have succeeded. It does feel like uh, a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. From front to back. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an interesting ride. Actually, I think the second book was done. Well, at least my part of the second book it was done maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, wow. So we've been waiting for a while on this. Uh, I think it took us about a year to get the first book done just because of our schedules. Uh, and the second book, maybe slightly less than a year. But yeah, we're really excited to get this thing out there. So uh, the Kickstarter is for issue three then? Uh, it'll be for issue three and four and a side story done by another artist. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So having drawn so much inspiration from the beat 'em up games, I mean, aside from Streets of Rage, what other uh, what other games were you drawing inspiration from? Mainly, my my main focus was Streets of Rage. Uh, a lot of I looked at some stuff from like you know Double Dragon and uh, Final Fight. Uh, I've also played, but I've never actually played uh, Double Dragon and Final Fight. Uh, oh really? No, <laughs> I've actually, uh, what I have played is, you know, obviously Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I've played the Ninja Turtles games, uh, that old X-Men arcade game. I don't remember what it was. All right. The big double screened one. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, what else? Battletoads. So that's pretty much where I drew X, uh, inspiration from. Uh, they had a Genesis when you were younger. Yeah, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So if this gets off really huge, are you guys thinking of bringing out a beat 'em up game? Uh, we would really hope so. Um, oh, that'd man. be awesome. <laughs> uh, Easy I mean, with Mujin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, we have experience in, in game development already. It's just, you know, it costs a lot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time. And so, mm -hmm. we that could be another Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> it would be so cool to see that game come now. Because I, mean, I know you guys said uh, you wanted to start that way, but now you know, putting these comic books out, you're building the characters with the uh, you know readers, mm -hmm. makes me want to even play it that much more. Yeah. You know? If I saw it in the arcade right now, I'd buy it. <laughs> oh, I, I would totally buy this game. It was the comic was so much fun. I'm glad you guys like it. <laughs> Are you a pretty big fan of anime? Because the artwork's real yeah. anime-influenced mm, looking. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm a very I'm very picky about my anime. Uh, like, I, I really only like the best <laughs> anime, or in my opinion, the best anime is like, you know, uh, Cowboy Bebop, uh, mm -hmm. Samurai Shampoo, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, what, Soul Eater, Gurren Lagann. Uh, I, I'm... I don't know. I'm just, I'm an anime snob. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
the main character reminded me of something from Naruto. Same with the uh, guy that met up with him and took his chicken. Yeah. Oh, the bully guy. That was totally unintended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Joe was the uh, colorist, and he he's actually never seen Naruto. But I I guess I drew him like Naruto subconsciously. Yeah, because I was like, man, that looks like Sasuke, and then Naruto's the <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and he just ended up ended up coloring them with uh, very similar colors. You know, he was actually also the anchor on the first book. He, he when he started out, he wasn't that good at coloring, but within the year, he just got amazing. And by book two, he, he was just he was great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I like how the first one turned out too, though. <laughs> I love how you capture like uh, motion. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's almost uh, like a, a still frame from an anime. Watching an anime. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful book. So, uh, tell us about the Kickstarter. It looks like it's going till October fifteenth. Uh, kind of, uh, pledge, like awards, do you have on there? You know, obviously everybody does these the screen, the desktop background for like five dollars. At fifteen dollars, there is the PDF of the graphic novel or volume one of the graphic novel uh we'll be having another graphic novel after this it'll be volume two uh, and just to end the series that's a 15 dollars at 20 dollars we have a path a secret uh production blog where we'll be putting early updates on uh rough pages, sketches, uh, character concepts, uh, and everybody who pays this, they'll be getting the PDF as well, but they'll also get early updates on, you know, what we're doing. For $25, you get the soft cover graphic novel printed and everything that came before that. Uh, $35, you will get a PDF of a production art bit, which will basically compile all of the concept art that I've done from the beginning of this venture to now, or till then. Wow. Uh, the evolution of the characters and the drawings and whatnot. Yep, pretty much. From just stab being stab gunner to when we split them into two different characters. For forty-five dollars, you will get a signed print of a stab gunner character, and it includes everything that came before it. For fifty-five dollars, you get the hardcover. Uh, graphic novel, uh, signed hardcover graphic novel will include you know 100 plus pages, all four of the first four issues and a side story. 75 is a special thanks inside the graphic novel, as well as a stab gunner poster for 100 dollars. You get a sketch of stab gunner or any other character from the stab gunner storyline, uh, which they'll see on the. On the Kickstarter page, there's a bunch of characters that I've put up there. What are we up to? 150? $150, you get an original page, uh, 11 by 17, original Stab Gunner inked or pencil page. For $200, you get to have a cameo inside the graphic novel. So we're only giving them a chance to do that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, I, I, there have been other artists who have offered something like that, but it's been way more expensive yeah. than two hundred dollars i mean that's not a big price to pay at all to one you know support the project but two be in the project yeah. <laughs> uh we only have about 10 available of that one but uh yeah we look forward to doing it it'll be fun uh they'll probably be inside book four uh 
because that takes place in a casino. But uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That'd be cool. Yeah. No, I don't want to give away. But, yeah. No, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, don't don't give anything up. So, are you going to be taking this project, you and Joe, to any like comic cons or anything, or have you? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we have taken it to what is it? We've taken it to Baltimore Comic Con twice. This is about two, three years ago, though. Uh, we took it to Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, we took it to Boston Comic Con, I think, and Otacon as well which was fun. We definitely found our audience at Otakon. Now, where, where is that? Otakon? I don't even know what that is. Otakon is the anime convention. Uh, uh, it's, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's inside the same convention center that they hold uh, Baltimore Comic Con at. But, uh, you know, we were also uh, promoting other things, uh, like the video game. Yeah. So these iOS pinball games, they're on uh, the in the App Store now available? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pinball Shuffle and Pinball Massacre. All right. And as far as the uh, first two issues of Stab Gunner, where can our listeners get that? Uh, right now, the Kickstarter page is the only place you can get them. Uh, we did have it on our website, uh, which was the victorycomics.com. We'll probably be putting it back up on the victory.com. We'll probably make an update just telling people where they can find it. Well, I got to say, man, it was a pleasure uh, reading these books, and we want to thank you once again for letting us read them. And we're going to have links up on our website for our listeners to go over to the Kickstarter page, check it out, and donate a little bit of money toward a very, very good cause, because I I cannot wait to read more. I've been waiting for this to hit the Kickstarter forever. You had talked about it a couple of different times. I was like, what is this Stab Gunner Fisticuffs? And when I finally read it, I was like, holy cow, man, this is really good. So yeah, uh, keep us informed, man, with how everything's going, and uh, like we said, we'll uh, put your information up on our website, and we'll send people your way. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a lot of fun, man. Also, when you're at our website, uh, Jack has a bunch of cool things up there to check out. What do we got? Show recaps, direct links to the Stab Gunner Kickstarter page. Sweet. What about that plug? There you go. That's <laughs> a hell of a plug. <laughs> uh, videos and trailers, pictures. Coming soon, the Cincinnati Comic Con Expo comic book. Yes. And also the Candare Video Game Store, Movie Store, and Comic Book Store. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. And don't forget to stick around after the episode to listen to the Henry Winkler panel from the uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo. It was a good listen. All right. So I think that's going to do it this week. <laughs> Uh, Until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And I'm Cortland Ellis. And we'll see you next time.
a, uh, a little Labrador. Uh, he came home, yeah, he was so cute, and then he grew into a great Dane. <laughs> uh, I have a Labradoodle named Charlotte, who is an independent sleeper. If you dare touch her in the night, <laughs> I have to remind this dog that it is our bed. Linus is not a, an independent sleeper. The great thing, he likes to sleep on you. Like a safety belt. You do not get up in the middle of the night and pee until he lets you go. I, uh, I'm an actor, a producer, a director. I've written 27 novels for children with my partner, Lynn Oliver. And I'm in the bottom 3% academically in America. My father, who spoke those 11 languages, he would say to me in 11 languages every day, why do you think I bought some business over here? I said, besides being chased by the Nazis, Dad, was there a bigger reason? Because I'm open. You know, I like to know. I applied to 28 colleges. I got into two. Uh, one of them was Park University in uh, Missouri. I've never actually met anybody who has gone to Park University. I think it is just a door on a prairie. <laughs> I also got into Emerson College in Boston. That is where I went. Then I got into the Yale School of Drama. And, oh, I forgot to tell you, my parents, when I was growing up, had an affectionate phrase for me. They called me Dummerhund. For those of you who don't speak German, that means dumb dog. Very supportive, lovely people. Very... This short. Uh, I, I got into Yale and I called them up. I said, hey, come on, didn't get to... Yeah, I got into Yale. And my mother, I'll never forget her. This, her words were so... They ring in my ear even today. She said, oh, this is very nice. Here, tell your father. <laughs> 25 actors started at Yale, 11 finished, three were asked into the professional company, and I was one of those three. And I stayed for a year and a half. I left uh, the Yale Repertory Theater, and then I came here to Cincinnati, uh, went to Montgomery for ribs. Is it still here? <laughs> really, really uh, and then uh, I uh, went back to New York City. I did a play that opened and closed in one night. Uh, it was called 42 Seconds From Broadway. It was 42 Seconds On Broadway. I was taking off my makeup. They were ripping out the sink. That's how fast it was. Uh, then I did The Lords of Flatbush with Sly Stallone, who was not quite at that time, kind of beefy. He would look at the people that were watching us film on the streets of Brooklyn. He would go, what are you looking at? I'm going to eat you for breakfast. <laughs> I said, you probably don't want to do that, Sly. The guy is chewing. <laughs> I made enough money from commercials and The Lords of Flatbush. Uh, I went to California for one month, rented a room from these two women uh, who had cats. <laughs> they were bald. 
All of their hair was on my clothing. I'm not a cat person. And then uh, two weeks later, I auditioned for a new show, and I had hair down to my shoulders. I walked in, and in the green room, they call the green room where the actors wait either to go on the stage or wait for to meet the producers and the, the writers. And I don't know why they call it green. It's never green. I waited in the green room, and every actor at this particular audition was famous. They were all on television, and me. Hi, how are you? <laughs> wow, you look famous even sitting down. <laughs> and uh, I auditioned, and one, uh, two weeks later, they called me at the end of my stay in Hollywood, when my money ran out, when I had to go back to New York City, and they said, would you like to play this character? And I said, look, when he takes his jacket off, who does he have to be cool for? If you let me show the other side, that's probably for me. That's my wife, she can find me anywhere. If you let me show the other side of the character, the emotional side, it will be my pleasure. They said yes, I said yes, and I uh, did the pilot, I had six lines. And uh, for the next 10 years, I went E. <laughs> I became a producer. 
I started directing. I don't mind directing. I, I love acting. So here's my metaphor for that. Producing is like holding sand in your arms. When you, you know, you, you never stop to drip. Everybody has gone home. You as the producer, you're left there. You're just solving problems until like the next morning. As a director, you try to get all that sand into one box. And as an actor, I get to play in the sand. I really love acting, but I had a lull in my acting career. Who knew there would be a lull? I was typecast. I, everything I got was like the Fonz. You know, I was asked to be in Greece, and I thought, oh, well, I've done the Fonz, and, you know, I'm not going to do that. So I went home, and I had a soda. John Travolta did it. He went home and bought a plane. <laughs> You know what? I don't regret it because, listen, you take responsibility for your own choices. I've had the most extraordinary time. Then somebody said, hey, why don't you write books for kids about your dyslexia? And I said, well, because I'm stupid. You know, I believe that if you say you're stupid or lazy or dumb or silly or whatever it is often enough to a child, they start to believe what you're saying. I believed I was stupid. This is what I learned. For every child in this room, every child in the child of every child that's in this room. How we learn has nothing to do with how brilliant you are. And if you understand and you find what is great inside you, your job is to dig it out and give it to the world as a gift. There is not... Every child. You know, I took geometry for four years, same course. I, I, I felt terrible. I was humiliated. I couldn't get it. I didn't know what they were talking about. And I, I didn't graduate with my class. I got my diploma in the mail because I couldn't pass geometry. Finally, I got a D in summer school my senior year. That was in 1963. From then until all the way to today, let me tell you, not one person on this planet ever said the word hypotenuse to me. <laughs> what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> so this is what I learned in my life. We've got to start teaching children how they learn not what we think they should learn. Amen. Hello. <laughs> Come to him. <laughs> Does anybody have a question? Anybody have a question? There's a microphone here. I bet that's for questions. Anybody have a question? Nobody, anybody have to pee? <laughs> you know what, sir? Just stand right there. What is your question? Do you have any special talents that some people might not know about? Where from? Okay, do I have any special talents? What, what I do is not enough? <laughs> oh, I'm a musical instrument. No, but I want to say that if there is such a thing as reincarnation, I am coming back as Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> 
show that's taken. <laughs> Jesse, I'm sir, what is your name? My name is Mike from Cincinnati. Where are you from? Cincinnati, right there. Uh, can you share a story that you haven't in the last month or two about Robin Williams? Robin Williams. Robin Williams came on a Wednesday. Now, uh, when we did Happy Days, we started at 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday, and we shot the show 7 o'clock Friday night. So everybody that was in the show started Monday morning at 10 o'clock. We couldn't find a morgue. And this very shy young man came up, uh, and he had the audition, and, and Gary Marshall brought him down to the set. And he was very shy. It was hard for him to even say his name. He stood there, picked up the script, and it was like there was an explosion in the middle of the soundstage on Paramount Lot. All I knew was that this man was filled with greatness, and my job was not to laugh and get out of his way. And uh, it was uh, an, amaz uh, an amazement to be there at the very beginning and to see something that special, um, fully blown, just jump out of the, like, out of the, you know, the uh, magic uh, lamp. <laughs> I was just helping myself there. <laughs> Could have been Barbara, but I, I went with her. <laughs> Sir? What is your name? Uh, my name is Michael. You've done uh, a bunch of movies. Um, I've done a bunch of movies. You have Adam Sandler, Waterboy, yes. Here Comes the Boom, and there's a one you played. Here guy. Comes the Boom. Anybody see Here Comes the Boom? <laughs> I love that movie. Night Shift. Yes. How did you get involved with uh, Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler uh, was a fan of the Fonz, honest to God. He had an eight track of uh, the Happy Days music. He uh, called me up, wanted me to sign it. I was in the um, uh, Hanukkah song. Do <laughs> you think anybody just drank out of this? <laughs> I wouldn't do I wouldn't do that for the next person. <laughs> the last person who speaks, however, is going to go first. <laughs> uh, so Adam called me up, and Adam's genius. Adam is one of the three geniuses I've worked with in my life. Gary Marshall, Adam Sandler, Mitch Hurwitz, the head of uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> Gary Sutherford is pretty nice. <laughs> Anybody watch Cho uh, uh, Children's Hospital? For those of you who don't, I think it starts again in March. In March, it's on the Cartoon Network. The Cartoon Network. See, I repeat it so you remember. <laughs> it's called Children's Hospital. It is the craziest show I've ever seen. It's on at 12 o'clock at night. Will you stay up? <laughs> Sir, what is your name? Uh, my name is Cal from Cincinnati. Um, obviously, have a niche before my time, but um, there's obviously the one famous slash infamous scene of the shark jumping scene, which is now linked to the term, television term, jumping the shark. Right? Yes, John Hine came up with it in his dorm room at Michigan University. Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, stories about, like, about that. Well, no, I, uh, you know, I, we jumped shark. Uh, it was, uh, I water skied. I did all the water skiing except for the jump. That was a, a stuntman. They wouldn't let me do that. Uh, every time they mentioned jump the shark in the newspaper, they would put a picture of each, a water skiing. I had great legs at that time. <laughs> and we 
doing number one for like four years after I jumped the shark. So I think that was just in John's mind. You know? Yeah. Thank you, sir. New York. Uh, is it too late to get into your dad's lumber business? Because yes. I would love to buy lumber from Winkler's Wood. Thank you. <laughs> Let me just say, I've got some wood. just great. I wish I was as good, as young as Ryan is. I'm not kidding. He, I think he is just unbelievably good. Thank you. Oh, darling, what is your name? Hi, my name is Whitney. Hi, I Whitney. have... Hello, Mr. Whitney. Frischen Dienst? Yeah. No, you know what? No, I'm busy. I'm I'm glad if you go right back to English. <laughs> Or you can say, I'm going to figure out 
how to solve this problem, because I don't want to be where I am, I want to be there. And then you move to there, one foot in front of the other, and eventually you get to stand here and talk to you. <laughs> My name's John. I really just came up here to say thank you for calling my mother earlier today. You met my two You know what, sisters. she, you know what, is she loose? <laughs> I'd wait for you, she would be. If you showed up at the door in the box, and you shall receive. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, I'm from Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, watched you for many, many, many years. Yes. Uh, you showed your career. I've uh, seen you mostly in comedies, but I was pleasantly surprised when you played a villain in Special Victims Unit. So I was wondering how it was to play a bad guy for once. Do you know what? That's my job. I was trained uh, to be an actor, to uh, create other people. And everybody that is written very well in theater, in, in entertainment, is inside all of us. And then our job is to find those parts of us that fit. So I loved it, and people talk to me all the time about it. And I must have done that, what, over 10 years ago. And so it is really a great compliment. Thank you. Great. Thank you. It's great seeing you. And, uh, Thank you. Coffee. Would you just lower the mic for this fabulous person right behind you? Can I give you a hug? Yes, you can! Thank you. But it's the only trick that I do. 
I will be in my booth after this is over for about a half an hour before I go to a delicious dinner. And then I'll be back after that, I think. So um, I will show you at, uh, at my booth. You look great in yellow, baby. Little bumblebee. Yes. Hello, sir. Hi. Um, I actually was, I really enjoyed what you said, how you wanted to play the Fonz, you wanted to be, oh, when he takes off the jacket, how cool, right. like movies he has to be cool right. for, and you wanted to show the guy behind the jacket. Um, what do you think is the moment in the series that that is best shown? When Richie was in an accident, he was right. in the hospital, and I cried over him making a deal with God. Yeah, that was the, the quintessential. You know where that came from? There was a home for, um, uh, for uh, wayward boys in uh, Massachusetts. And they wrote a letter to Gary Marshall and they said, look, these guys are very tough and they love the Fonz, but they will not show emotion. Could you do an episode where the Fonz shows emotion? And we did it directly from that letter. That's where that came from. Thank you. Could you lower the microphone for the people behind you? There you go. Hi. Hi. What is your name? I'm Rachel Leggett. I'm from Chillicothe, Ohio. My question is, do you and Ron Howard still have a relationship? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, we're married. <laughs> so, uh, Ron Howard is in uh, England and he's making a movie. And he is a good friend of mine. He's like my younger brother. And he is a very talented man. I really, I love him. Thank you. Great question. Hello. Can you help? Hi. Hi. What is your name? Ashley. Hi, Ash. How is it on your toes? <laughs> What's going on? Um, what's your favorite song? What's my favorite song? Well, I love Bruno Mars. So I like anything on his album. I love uh, Kate Perry. I love Miley Cyrus. She's really good. And so I like Wrecking Ball. <laughs>
was arguably the best known character from Happy Days, but pretty much transcended into popular culture, even having what was probably the first video game ever made about a real person. Did you have any idea that the character was going to go as far as it did? I did not. I remember I had six lives. I made $1,000 a week. I was in pig head. I, I, I was just trying to make him uh, come alive and as funny as I possibly could. Ron Howard was actually one of the greatest acting partners I've ever had in my life. He, we had a simpatico that was, you, you couldn't make it up. Just great, thank you, sir. Hello. Katie. Hi, Katie. You said you never got to use geometry once, so I thought I'd put that to the test. Am I right? Do you think I just made that up, Katie? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What, what were you going to say, babe? <laughs> right, triangle has two light lengths of one of three and one of four. What's the length of the hypothesis? Get out of here. Gentlemen in the red shirt, that would be the last question. 
because I get tired. <laughs> so, uh, I was curious as to whether you would be gracious enough to, uh, you talked about the, I am not gracious, the file, oh, okay. the, whatever it is, it'll cost you 20. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, six, the six lines that you mentioned, if you would give us a brief. You know what, I don't remember that. One of them was, hey, Richard, let me take you <laughs> the next time it deals with a girl, you leave it to me, all right? Don't try to be a hero. I have no idea if that was a line, I just made that up. <laughs> what is your name? Jesse. Jesse. Um, and my question is, from what I've gathered, you yourself are not a motorcyclist. How I do not grow up, I do not ride. How I don't know how to. Ride a motorcycle. How difficult was it playing a character who is a mo his, one of his main things was his motorcycle for so many Well, I, during when I played the Fonz, I loved motorcycles. I just couldn't ride it. <laughs> they put me on a, a board with four rubber wheels and they pulled me by a truck. <laughs> and I thought I looked great. I actually rode it for about nine seconds going up the hill in the opening credits. That was it. Sir, uh, Tony from Springfield, if the opportunity ever arose, would you ever reprise the role of Bonds? If not, who would you recommend for the role? I would go with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> because he's cool with a jacket on and a jacket off, doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I have learned in my life never to say never. I used to be so, no, I'm never going to. And then I hate my words, you know what I mean? So, no, I, I don't, uh, I will never say that. Thank you. Yes. Hello, Sean from Cincinnati. Um, just before my question, just a quick comment. I, uh, the funniest moment in television for me ever was when you were on Out of Practice in the Thanksgiving episode. <gasps> that was the funniest episode. Uh, you know what? Ever. The guy who wrote that episode on Out of Practice, the Thanksgiving episode, is the man who invented Modern Family. Oh, really? Oh, the God. same writer. Oh, my God. He was so funny on the page. I, it was like, I was like, um, I, it was like an honor to be on Dirt Show, too. You really were. And my question is about the Happy Days cast. Who from the cast are you closest with today? I would say Don most. Uh, Mary Ross is one of the greatest women of the 21st century. She's 84. She is lusty and smart and funny and still works and does plays. I adore her. I adore her. So, it looks like last but not least, I'm Steve from Cincinnati. It's a real pleasure to be able to speak with you. Thank you. You've had a marvelous career um, spanning decades. 40, 40, 40 years. years. and 40, Where's my walker? <laughs> People still enjoy your work. You mentioned 40 years. One of my favorite um, spots on Happy Days uh, episodes was when you did the Kazatsky during the dance. You know why? Because at my synagogue in, in New York City growing up, they would have a, a dinner dance. And I would do the Kazatsky because it's in the sixth grade, my parents took me to see the Musayev folk ballet from Russia. Those are the people who do them. And I was so moved by the power of that dancing 
and they were men and flying, and I taught myself, it's bastardized, I mean, it's not the real thing, but that's where I learned it, in my room, and then I got to do it on Happy Days. One quick question. Oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't, that was more of a comment that I enjoyed because honestly, but my question would be, you know, over the years, people have talked of all the characters that have been on Happy Days, but one of the more unheralded characters who you don't hear much about is, is Chuck. And so I didn't know if you still stay in touch with him at all. The actor who Chuck. This is what happened. Ron Howard had an older brother, Chuck. He was in college. But what, what happened was the Fonz became the older brother, and they did not know how to write for him also. So they sent him upstairs, and he never came back. <laughs> Thank you very much. say that I thoroughly enjoy spending this time with you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend, that you enjoy Oktoberfest, that you don't drink and drive, and thank you for being so unbelievably warm to me. And I will see you. Another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.